Ladies and gentlemen, Jed motherfucking Gillespie, we're live. Welcome to the Loose Heads Live Sports Show, the number one live sports show on planet Earth, proudly brought to you each and every week by Caffeine Gum Australia. Jed, uh, before we begin, I think it's you know appropriate to just mention sad sad week for Australian sport. Uh, whether you liked him, loved him, whatever your thoughts on him were, the great Shane Warne left us. And uh, I, I know he could be divisive with some of his opinions, but um, what a life. Uh, definitely taken so- too soon. An, an absolute legend of, of sport in this country. Uh, what did you make of all that? Obviously a sad day, a sad week for all of us. Hey, that's, it sent me for six, that, honestly. Uh, we, um, we had training 6 a.m. Saturday. So sort of I woke up to it like really, really early in the morning. And it was... I don't know, look, I'm not trying to be callous, but celebrity deaths sort of come and go a little bit. Um, but I don't, he's just been in the public eye so much lately. It seems like he's calmed down a little bit. So it was it was really sad, man. It was really, really, really sad. Mate, he's a big part of our childhood growing up. So I, I remember for a period of time, cricket was the game, basically. Everyone watched it. You know, everyone wanted to be Shane Warne, Ricky Ponting, guys like that. And one of the things I admired most about Warney is, is he's just himself. So like even you and I, we've got this little show. We, we might get three or 400, you know, sometimes 500 listeners a week, which is not bad for a couple of no names. And even you and I are sometimes scared to state our true opinions on things at the risk of upsetting people or, you know, just coming across the wrong way. But Shane, one of the most famous people in this country was just unashamedly himself he said what he thought, whether you liked it or not, and he just owned who he was. And and I have the greatest amount of respect for people like that. Uh, he he was also just an average guy who who happened to be the greatest cricketer we've ever had. So it's a, it's a sad day, mate. I, you know, I, I hope he died going out the way he lived. Um, I don't know too much details about it, but in Thailand, you know, it'd be uh, you wouldn't want to you know think about what could have happened, but. You know, a sad day. Yeah, man. It was, I really, I don't know. My first thought, I really wanted to know what happened. Like, I'm, I'm still dying to know what happened a little bit, even though it's none of my business. But like like you said, Thailand, the first, all the thoughts are bad. But, you know, there's no, there's no reason to think it's bad necessarily. It's just a dude who sort of, he pushed his body to the limits in some ways, you know. So, yeah, really sad. Lost, lost 52 life. years, mate. Incredible life. Um, so shout out to Shane. I will be having many drinks in your honor again this weekend. Yeah, mate. Um, while we're on, while we're on this positive tangent, let's talk about the Melbourne Rebels. Um, are they as bad as I think they are at the moment? Yes. They they're really bad. <laughs> yeah, look, man, I, I hate to um pump up my own tires, but I said this last week that their game with the drill was going to be fucking hard game for them. Um, and to be honest, they started with a bang. First 60 seconds, two minutes, phenomenal. I thought, okay, I'm wrong um, for the first time ever. But then <laughs> after that, they got the same problem. I, I maintain they scored a try right at the death, right? Finally, some good football. They scored one try for Rolling Moore, which so they should, respectfully. And they scored one try off a kick. Or something like that. So 
they've got they don't have attacking players. They don't have attacking weapons, and they're struggling to score points. They didn't score points the first two rounds. Um, I know they have a lot of guys injured. I know I I don't like you know I don't need to hear it again. I get that, but with all due respect to the Drua, they should be getting beaten this season. And it's shown they have been getting beaten this season. So the most concerning element, I would say, for the Rebels is their set piece um, and their set piece against the Drua, which they got, they got fucking hammered. So I, I agree. You, I, I don't think it's uh, nasty to say that the Drua's scrum has been terrible so far this year. They fucking demolished the Rebels. They demolished them. They made them look very bad. And and even even like when you look at the game, if you're if you're playing the Fijian draw, how are you going to play them? Like, what's your game plan? Oh, I know I know their game plan moving in. It's the same as anyone with like four IQ points would rub together, which is tight set piece, maul the shit out of them, scrum the shit out of them, um, choke the fuck out of them, so they yeah. can't play footy. And then the rebels just played into their hands. And keep in mind as well, like. The Drew are turning over at this point an unbelievable amount of football. Like they are, they they have not hit their stride at all. They haven't. They're, the pop passes are not coming off. They got better this week. They're dropping ten balls a game, man. So they had plenty of ball. They had plenty of opportunities, but I think they're they're a victim of. I don't think they have. I don't think they have the the players. I don't. I don't, I, I, yeah. I, I, you, at what point do you say that's not an excuse anymore? They've got guys. They've got experienced guys there. They've got international players. Um, like, yeah. like you, you know, I'm not one. I don't like bringing people down to my to my level. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't bring it. I don't like bringing them down in the gutter where people like you and me belong. But like. I, I just don't see how you can keep making that excuse that we don't have the players. There's guys that are, were picked on the weekend that would not be a first-grade player at some clubs in Sydney. And, and I don't think that's over an exaggeration to say. So, I mean, there, there are problems there. I, I struggle to see them winning a game this year. Um, I know they do have a couple of guys coming back, but even like, a couple of guys... Right, so throw in, off the top of my head, you throw in Rob Leota, you throw in... Um, Trevor Hosea, Richard Hardwick, man, I, he's a nice, dirty player at Eastwood, but like he hasn't played. No many disrespect, games. they're, they're not big game breakers. Rob Leota's good, but he's he's good. The game isn't won if he plays on the weekend, so that's my problem. Um, obviously, Hodges out. Hodges is stable, like he's the core of stability for the team, but he's not scoring points besides goals. So they've got a big problem because I think they've invested in the fact that Carter Gordon was going to be a 10 and a good, and like a 10 for the future. I know he's only played a couple of bad games. Don't shoot me down, but I he's certainly not a 10 for now. Um, and I don't, they've got, for the life of me, I cannot figure out why they dropped Matt Gibbon and Seth Fagasi. Seth Fagasi is an experienced, good player. Matt, Matt's reason, experienced and very good at the moment. So I, I don't. Maybe there was something internal that went on there. I don't know. I haven't asked anyone. They dropped, they dropped them. They dropped them. So th- that's who they've dropped. Um, like Cobus had a, uh, Elof had a very, very fucking long day. Tight head, long, long day. Um, he tends to 
he tends to fade sometimes. I think he's a big dude, but it was full jump. And I, I don't, I don't think like I think the Fijian guy got penalised once or twice. I thought that was pretty rough. He yeah. was getting getting lit up, lit up. The, the internet in the east ride, northwest ride, massive is playing up again. I got you well, again. Yeah, the stormy, storm, stormy weather. But yeah, the, look, their set, set pieces got big problems. Jordan Ulessi, like guys who they're building their franchise around are, are injury prone. Like I think Ulessi's back this week. If he makes three more weeks, I'll be, I'll, I'd take the unders bet on that. So I suppose it's got the problem is they're rolling through coat, they've rolled through. Wessels into foot now, right? Foot could be the best coach on the planet, but he's inherited his own. He's inherited a squad, so yeah. And I don't think they have a general manager there at the moment. So yeah, whoever's Nick, Nick Styles. Oh, it is Nick Styles. Yeah, but Nick Styles would, is would be relatively new to that role, though. No? Yes. Well, he's been. He was the director of rugby at the club in Japan. Um, yeah. It's his first year in the role of the Rebels. No, so I mean, he has yeah, done I, the general manager role before, but this yeah, is his first year at the club. I don't mean as in he's inexperienced and shouldn't be there. I mean as in the squad that's there right now, he would only have a little stamp on that because it was the, whoever signed it before that's done all the damage. Yeah. yeah. But they've got, uh, their depth is like we talk about depth every week. They're probably the most fucked out of everyone. We've talked about this before, but it's a professional sports fucking weird, particularly in this country where you you're a coach, right? Just say you become the Waratahs coach next year. You've got a team that has already been signed before you got there. So you don't really have the the chance to put your stamp on the squad for two to three years, really. And then hopefully you're still there for some somehow you manage to win a few games. Uh, speaking of the Waratahs, what was your take on that game? Waratahs Brumbies. They're, the Tars are a far better team than they were. They really are, and they've got some. They've got some grit, um, which I think a few of the older guys coming back has helped. For me, the Tars have won two wins. Or, or yeah, pretty much. I, the, my only note from the game, and I'm looking at it now, is I cannot. I fucking for the life of me, I cannot figure out why there's subs being made in these games where. I know it's not the grand final, but like if the Tars were three and zero right now, they'd be front page of the fucking Daily Telegraph. But yeah. they're they're now one or two, and they've cleared the bench by times. Like I had a fucking blow up last week when they were thirteen or ten all with the Reds. This week's the same thing. The game's on the line. Jake Gordon's off the fucking field. He's their most important player. He's he's fuck, he's doing everything that play. Like. We've both played in games where we haven't got on the field for that reason, and we've both played in games where we've had to stay on the field for that reason. Absolutely. I, I don't know. But look, it could be fucking injury, tactical, whatever, whatever. Loading, I don't know. There's reasons for it. But to me, the, the at least the chance. I can't say they would have won for sure, but it would have hurt. I think it would have hurt some TAR supporters to see six, seven subs on when they're fucking trying to pull out a win out of their ass with five minutes to go. But again, we we have we both have the ability to be a bit repetitive, me in particular. Um, but the the gap between the first string guys and the second string guys is large. Uh, and you're you're absolutely right. You win your first three games of the season, particularly after the last year they've had, they fucking get used to winning again. The ch- the culture has changed to a winning culture, and whether you like it or not, 
Um, the more you win, the more you tend to win. So inter- well, interesting. There might be some stuff behind the scenes we don't know about. But um, it's because whatever it is, I hope it's valuable because I think it's costing at least a shot at two wins. Like, had they beat the Reds last week in perfect conditions to beat the Reds, like one, they would have that would have been a massive story. Would have been massive for DC. Would have been massive for their confidence, like you said. And then if they beat the Brumbies again, they had the Brumbies on the ropes doing all the right things. You cannot clear the bench. They don't have finishes. They have a bench. This is an old school bench, with the exception of like. I don't know. Like Tetra and Tetra and Ruan can come on and do a job, right? And like young Langy Gleason's been good, but you can't change your halves, change your fucking five eight, change your front row, change your thrower, change, and expect consistent results. It's fucking madness. Yeah, I agree. It's a, a, a tough one. You got to balance balance winning with managing load for the whole year. I, I agree. Agree with you though. That is a hard one. Now, what did you make of any of the other games? I haven't managed to watch any of the others yet, but I know you watch absolutely fucking everything. I do watch. I do watch a lot. Look, I the one of the big stories coming out of last week is the the Reds Force game was a good game of football. The Force again are a good football side. They're not. I don't think they're going to be in the title run, but they're going to annoy the shit out of a few people. Um, the Reds got the job done. For me, the story of the week was the guys getting dropped for the wine on the plane. Yeah. Okay, what's your ta- what's your take on this? Well, I, I'm I'm not a big drinker, um, and <laughs> I know we, we've already this is well established. Um, I'm, was, a big, I'm I was not, about to have one of these, but no, you can you can. I've got a I've got a natural uh, mineral spring water here, um, but I so I'm not going to be like, oh, of course the boys should fucking be allowed to get on the piss. Maybe they made a rule. If they made a rule and said you cannot have a glass of wine with dinner, you can't no alcohol whatsoever for whatever reason, fine. But you can't drop two of them and leave one of them in the fucking team. That's the that's yeah. not good for morale. It's bad for morale. Yeah, I agree. Especially I agree. And it's fucking ridiculous. If it was an egregious breach of the rules, like they got pissed on the plane, um, you know, I'd I'd sanction them, I'd I'd do that. Luke Jones actually made a good point to me when I did my season at the Melbourne Rising, and I was the I inherited the fines master role uh, when Timothy Mencher went out after the first minute in the first game trying to tackle Radiki Samo. But he goes to me instead of giving negative fines, why don't we give positive fines? So if Jed Gillespie's five minutes late to training, rather than punishing him in front of the group, he's got to do something positive like extra skills work, extra conditioning. He's got to help clean up. Something like that, rather than pay a fine or do something stupid, you know what I mean. So I, I feel two glasses of wine. If they didn't agree to it, if, if the rules were clear and they breached the rules, fine. Um, but what about some positive, like a bit of extra community service, some coaching for the junior teams, extra conditioning, extra skills work, something that doesn't punish the team, uh, but is still a punishment. Yeah, if you I'll get one, I think that's. I think that's would be fine. I just I, I had an issue with the two guys, like two guys. When I first saw it, like I was like, oh fuck, what what have we done here? And then it was like, oh, they did that. I'm like, look, maybe he's trying to be like New England Patriots, like he's trying to set some serious standards here. That's fine. You can't then leave a guy on the team because no. even though everyone loves Greg Holmes, I love Greg Holmes. I think Australia loves Greg Holmes. It's I not. Couldn't fair. love him. He's awesome. 
it's just not fair to anyone to for it to be like, yeah, right. Well, I suppose if you're over the age of 37, you can have two wines, but everyone else is going to miss the game. Now, if you're a tight end prop and we need you, you can drink piss. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> that's it, basically it. It sucks, man. It's it sucks. Yeah, I, I agree. It's almost a bit divisive. Like there were some interesting comments on social media. I got to stop reading social media, by the way. It absolutely fucks with my head, but. There were some comments about how the way they've handled it would almost be more detrimental to the team culture, which uh, I yeah. thought was interesting. And I kind of agree with it. It's a really hard one. You want to have high standards, but you don't want to punish people for living. I, I don't yeah, know the right answer. Look, we've both been on plane rides um, that have gone seriously astray. Um, that doesn't yes. sound like one of them. That doesn't sound like one of them. So no. Look, you know, it's a my other, fucking my, weird one. My, my other way, my other takeaway from the game is the Reds need a hooker badly. Like Matt, without Matt, Matt, you could tell Matt Murphy wasn't there. Like it was, it was. They're two different teams, so like it's a big problem. They got a big problem without Murphy. Um, they don't have any hooker depth, like none whatsoever, and they have. Oh, they're, they're props are decent, but like two Tupo's a ten point player. If Tupo's not in that game, uh, I think he started on the bench. Like it's uh, fail Fatuaka. Like he, he's a good. I would say he's a good reserve tight head prop. But like if Tupo's not playing big big minutes, they're a different team. So I've heard a rumor he's pushing close to a buck fifty at the moment, which is why they're not playing him. Little rumor. I mean, it's a it's a worthwhile rumor, but like. If your game hinges on him fucking playing, mm. and maybe I wouldn't be like punishing him by depleted game minutes. I don't think he would give a shit. Respectfully, he's being paid a fortune. He's the best player in the. He's the best tight end in the world. Be top ten players in the world. What you're know, playing the back forty, so you're punishing yourself. Yeah, it's a similar to the force thing. You're pun- you're really punishing the team rather than punishing the individual. Um, but just on that, Matt Faisler, Faisler. Um, from Brisbane, ended up getting a call-up for the Reds, making his Super Rugby debut. I believe he's going to be playing for Randwick this year. Um, he's a really good fellow. I met him, I met him briefly, um, but that's just that's probably the first of the shoot shield guys that will get a call-up. And, you know, I don't want to blow my own horn uh, like yourself, but I think that's going to be happening more and more going forward. Do you ever think that the Super Rugby teams might organise trades within – Within each each team, like the Brumbies have four Wallaby hookers. Yeah, this was I was going to bring this up at some point, but the Brumbies, each of the Brumbies hookers would push to start at the Tars, each of them. Yeah. Um, and I like Dave Brecky. I think he's good players, a nice guy. But each of them, Billy Pollard, Lonergan, uh, Connor McInerney, and Fulafanga, obviously, like all those four are starting in every other franchise. Take it or leave it. It's it's a fact. I think they or they'd push Matt Murphy as well. He's a good player. I think they'd still push him. So one of them's gonna have to go. From my memory, Pollard's on a four-year deal from leaving school, so he should still have at least another year to run. They got big raps on that kid too. It's big raps. He was, he was a good rap really player. Um, so yeah, they got four extremely, extremely good hookers. Um and I'd say at the moment, it looks like Connell's on the outer. So I presume he'll head overseas. 
It's an interesting one, ma'am. It's an interesting one. I, I, uh, without giving anything, I haven't, I don't know anything about that situation, but I am doing a lot of highlight reels at the moment um, from yeah. people. So there's people looking for opportunities and it's just going to keep happening. Now, you had another rant that I forgot what you were telling me about, but what is it? Because I know you write down, you prepare for these shows. I don't need to prepare because I am so fucking talented at talking shit. And um, you're smarter than me. So I hope that sometimes when I'm down, you can bring us up. Yep. That's how we do it. It's mm. a balancing act here. Um, <laughs> it is. My, my uh, rant for the week, and it, it stems, ten, it's a 10-year rant, but like I was looking at some of the squads I and or teams, and one of them might have been Melbourne, but I'll never know or tell. And what when, the, when are we going to stop bringing in Kiwi players who are like sub ITM standards to come play on our super rugby sides and expect them to be fucking great. Or for that matter, if we want to look historically, Curry Cup eight, Curry Cup players and second just go, yes, he'll be fine. <laughs> second rowers. But like one of the coaches in Melbourne was at Northland or something. He's brought a few guys with him. So they go straight to super rugby from, and they work like, you know, they don't get a look in over there for a reason. Um, it's not that there's anything wrong with them. They're just not quite at super rugby standard. Yet we bring them over here every fucking year to be the third string or second string. Um, every franchise has got a couple in the squad. The Tars have a couple in the squad. What is the thought process, Jed Gillespie? I think it's because we've got heaps of Kiwi coaches. Well, but- like even from an investment point of view, right? So they've got to pay for them. I assume that they pay for them to come over. They've got to help house them. You know, so there's a, and they're probably paying them the same, if not more than what they'd pay a local. Is that is that How an many, accurate statement? Oh, mate, if I could somehow procure a list without wasting a lot of my life of finding a list of these guys who bounced in and out in one year over the last five years, it would be very, very long. But and from an investment point of view, wouldn't you just go, no hey, that guy's a, but no, but from a good shoot shield, like if you are thinking about it like a business, you'd go, this shoot shield guy's been killing it. He might not have the physical ability yet. Let's spend a couple of years developing him and turning him into a super rugby player. Rather, than, and he's got a good work ethic. They've got to look into all that kind of shit because I, I don't think you can turn someone into a super rugby player if they don't have a work ethic. And isn't that a better investment than flying someone in from New Zealand? And you know, even even morale wise, like how many shoot shield props at the moment are going? What the fuck? Of course, it's a better fucking investment, but, but like you know? it's just it's just what is playing on now. And some of these guys, like if you do your research, and it's not a slight on them, they've optimized everything. So kudos. But if you do a little bit of research, they're not coming from much pedigree. Like we're not stealing the next big secret because I've got to tell you, the next big secret he's already on fucking contract with the Crusaders. So we're taking effectively the New Zealand shoot shield player and sticking him as our third string. It makes fucking no sense. We've been doing it for 10 years and it, it drives me crazy. So one of the teams brought in a player last week. He played on the weekend off the bench. What? Why? why? Like, it, we're not so short on rugby talent that you have to go and source it from the, you know, the local club comp in Auckland. Like, seriously, it's, it's, it's just a terrible, terrible option. Um, it's, and it's bad for rugby. It's bad for everything. You've, de- you've delved in this world before, Jed Gillespie, but how, what do general managers do? 
Well, what should they do? What's their role? Half of them are scrum coaches these days, which um, I've got my own thoughts about. But what's the process with the recruitment? Is there a process? Have they got – is there some kind of system that guys can go through? I don't know. I, 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 for the life of I know who signs the checks. At the, in the past, I've dealt with certain people from certain franchises who've been overall in charge of whether a guy gets a contract or not. Yeah, you know, most of those, those people get rolled through regularly, but I don't like. I don't know. I don't know whether how much input the coach has, but like you said, coaches roll in and out as well. But like at some point, someone's got to sit down and have a look at one their list and go, okay, I need to make some amendments. And two, like, okay, I need a second rower. I'm gonna go straight to you know the coach from NZ and ask if he knows anyone good. Like, I'm not even talking about the shoot shield here. Go and find a kid from the Force Academy. Go and find a kid from the Brumbies Academy. Do a trade, swapsies, whatever. Like, do something. Do something domestically that won't absolutely shit on everyone who's playing here. And they're like, if you've got a 1% chance of making it as a professional, every time they sign another prop from New Zealand out of nowhere, like, those guys die a little bit inside. It's it's there's a lot of that. Creating man, it's it would be so fucking annoying if you were a player in 2022. That that happening, I would go crazy. Do you think a general manager can also be a coach? Are we talking about something very specific here? No, the, uh, well, Nick Styles and, and Andrew Blades are. are oh, yeah, um, they both are. They both are. They're, they're yeah. both scrum coaches as well. Do you think that that is giving? Um, the best of themselves to either of those jobs that they do? Oh, look, man, I, it's very hard to, without seeing their schedule, knowing their responsibility, they might be in a slightly reduced general manager role because I know at least in Melbourne, they have a CEO as well who would take care of a lot and like a managing director or whatever. So look, they might be in a slightly reduced role yeah. and they've got to take advantage of the, it's probably also due to a lack of resources. Like, like we've said before, there's not a many amazing coaches. So if one's at your doorstep and wants to be CEO, you know, you probably got to buy the board and let them do both. But without seeing their schedule, I'm not sure, man. What do you, what do you reckon? Yeah, I, look, uh, good points as always, which is why I ask. I, I, think, um, I think there's benefits to having a specialist, a specialist in the role if you can afford it. Like, I'm good friends with Dan Palmer and seeing the work that he does, I've gone, uh, this is why you have a specialist scrum coach and only a scrum coach because he can, you know, give so much time to that role. And, and I feel like if you were, if you were just the scrum coach for Eastwood, you paid $150 million a year. That was all you did. You could go to all the clubs in your local area, which is probably what you're getting already, but you go, you go all the clubs in your area, you're improving all the standard of scrum coaching in the East eastwood area you're developing a system you're teaching the system to all the players in the eastwood area that'll filter through to the next level so that you're going to have a a a good scrummaging assembly line of players filtering through to eastwood for decades to come so i think that's that's one of the benefits to having a specialist in the role um i know bladesy has done stuff with the junior the junior waratah guys so obviously he's doing that but again, I, you're right. Unless you know what their actual day jobs like, yeah, it's, it's hard it's just, to really I get a good take. In theory, in, yeah, it's in theory. You know, if you've got a guy splitting roles, it's always hard to be one thousand percent 
committed to you know a very small percentage of the game. So do you I think guess- that do you think a coach can be uh, both a forwards uh, a lineout coach, a more coach, and a scrum coach? Do you think that that job can be done effectively? It depends on what level. Shoot shield and above. I think it can be done at shoot shield. I think it takes a long time. I think in an ideal world, you probably wouldn't. But, you know, I don't know. Everyone you let into the inner circle ends up having a, you know, a large say in how the season goes, how things go. So you've got to be very content with who's in there. Um, and there's not a heap of guys who are like, yeah, I'm going to spend 20 hours a week at fucking wherever. Like, it just doesn't happen. So... I think it can be done at shoot shield level. Obviously, as you would go up, um, it'll be divided up as there's just more money, more resources. But I know you guys split it up. Um, we don't at the moment. Um, but yeah, look, I think it can be done for shoot shield. I think once you start heading up, the salaries getting paid, uh, more resources are on offer than probably not. Um, how many hours a week do you spend on it, you reckon? Mm. Lots. Well, in like in season, it's uh, lots. <laughs> well, like twenty like, plus. Uh, including training or excluding training. Anything to do with rugby? Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty plus. Easily. Yeah, twenty plus. I was just like video video alone will take uh, like six maybe. Yeah, so no, it was. It's just interesting to hear other people do it. I, I, I don't think you get a good grasp of it when you're a player. Just how much work goes into coaching. I'd spend, no. I'd spend comfortably twenty hours more, way more than that. Planning, talking to people, you know, dealing with fucking bullshit, reviewing, yeah. organizing, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Mate, anything, anything else off the top of your head that you've got uh, issues with? I've got a plan. Um, I've got a plan. I've got a plan for the Super Rugby players. So sure. I need them to pay the most attention. Major League Baseball has a lockout at the moment. Australian Rugby Super players need to do a lockout. Can we? Oh, let's bring it up. Let's fucking let's fucking go there, Jed. Neither of us have anything to lose. I certainly don't. The well, what I'm bringing up is the COVID season. How they cut everyone's salaries significantly. So they we cut did, cut. Did we talk we did about this? It. Yeah, we discussed it. Okay. I, I talk so much. I talk so much shit online. I can't remember, but uh, it'd be very nice if players actually get some of that money reimbursed. Oh, particularly, oh, sorry, when- sorry. Yeah, so we we discussed the whole issue privately. No, we discussed it on here. How it was crazy and they should have been paid in full, and like they had no choice. I thought it was super illegal, but whatever. They got away with murder. Rupert we did didn't talk about it. Um, but in terms of the so the NRL reimbursed or going to reimburse the players with some portion um, of what they lost, and they lost significantly less. Um, but I suppose our point was it'd be nice to see Union do something similar. Particularly when franchises are um, you know, publicly advertising that they made a surplus that year. I tell you what, like that's such a bad fucking look. Like, the, the way that those cuts came about was... Insane. It was fucking 24 hours notice, sign this, or, we're, or you're terminated, we'll hold your contract. And then 
you turn a profit from the year, which is fucking great. I want to see New South Wales, Rebels, whatever, turn a profit because it means that players will be better, means that players will be better paid, means, you know, in a country where the professional system is one of the lowest or probably the lowest of all the developed, you know, top 10 country nations, they'll get a bit more money, which they deserve. But to the, for nothing to come back sucks. Um, and I think that a gesture of some sort would be nice. But again, I don't think I don't think the governing body are doing anything for him. I don't think Rupert do anything. I uh, I would agree with that. You were talking about a plan for the Australian rugby players before I rudely cut you off. Then Oof. I'll have one more question for you, and then if you don't have anything else, we'll go back to our merry lives. Yeah, well, the um, Major League Baseball been in a lockout, waiting for so the players effectively go to the owners. Um, of the franchises and negotiate the caps and the games and the, how many, like the owners want more games, they want more playoff games, they want play-in games and the players really go to war and my players have representatives who go to war to get better outcomes for them. Um, be a fucking good idea for Australia to do that. The difference absolute, is... Absolute pigeon in the thing, but they could... One, dissolve their governing body, which they can do. Start a new governing body, everyone in Australia. Hold out for a little pay rise, bro. Hold out for a little pay rise. But this is the problem. There's a problem. A lot of them are so badly paid that they can't go without their salaries. Whereas the the Major League Baseball guys are getting big, big dollars. So they could fucking resist getting paid for a little bit, I assume. But uh, I, I know some super rugby players that would be in a world of bother if they didn't get paid for a couple of months. Well, then preempt it. And like this, whenever the CBA is due next, say, look, CBA is coming up in 2023. We're not signing it unless A, B, and C. That's like, fucking good. There's good energy coming from you today. I can well, look, I was, I was watching the thing and I was thinking about it. I was like, this is a fucking... Doesn't need to happen. They don't need to go on strike. But my point is, someone should be in the government uh, AIU headquarters. Like, hey, like we can up the salary cap from four point five million. Like, so we're, so we're we're calling for a strike. Is that what we're doing? I think so. I think if they, I think if they went on strike, they would like the revenue at the moment is great. Stan's killing it. Um, people watching, I believe, it seems to be in a reasonable period. But like. Everyone's smoked if if the players aren't playing. They look they we don't have the the talent depth to go and replace 150 players. Repl- the replacements. But you and me playing, you you and me playing for the Tars again. Not that we yeah, played we for them before, but you yeah, know. I was say, I, I, but <laughs> I was just I was thinking about Major League Baseball and it was they were sort of getting screwed a bit um, with what their owners wanted, and they they're just like, no, nah, it's not happening. So. Look, I like it. Let's have a strike. No more fitness training for any of the props until they get paid extra, free lunch every day, breakfast. And I think, uh, would it be appropriate to say that um, espresso machines in every headquarters, good quality ones? Uh, Absolutely. I'd also like to put my hand up um, as the either some sort of representative for this new body that they'll establish or at very worst representative for the uh, Western Force Players Association because you guys should be able to drink wine on your plane home. Um, you're doing a good job. And if you're, if you're not 
allowed to, then I will stand up for you. I have no, absolutely no reason not to. Well, I think one thing we can all agree on from this situation is I would have lasted about five minutes at the Western Force you know, those kind, with those kind of rules. Chubby, I did have another thing. Did you did you watch the you did watch the Rebels draw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine the score if the drawer made one single line out? They yeah. missed fucking. They have missed. They they're one from thirty five or something line out. It is unbelievable. I I will pay them. I'll give them a thousand dollars. Let me come up and just fucking have a look. Just have a geese. Because if they won, if they won, like that's 10 possessions, 10 extra possessions, 10 starters. If they had got them, they could have put another 15 points on that game. I mean, the Rebels stink, don't they? Like, they stink. Uh, let's stop fucking burying the Rebels. I know you hate the Rebels. Well, I don't actually, I don't hate the Rebels any more than I hate anyone else. I mean, I hate everyone. <laughs> I, hate everyone <laughs> I, I don't discriminate. I hate everyone evenly. <laughs> I do hate everyone evenly. But no, the, I mean, the, I'm with the, you. the fact of the matter is they're not, at the moment, they're not a good football team. So, question for you, right? So, yeah. every time, every time there's a bad result like this, all the fucking keyboard warrior experts, uh, which I know you, you know, you dabble in that realm from time to time, as do as do I, if I'm being honest, uh, under one of my sort of ghost accounts. They go, Australia has too many teams, and I think Sir John Kerwin, uh, who played in the wing, so his opinion should be taken with a grain of salt, said that. Um, yeah, I will check the life of questions in a sec. That's good. Uh, he said, we've got too many Australian teams. What's your take on the situation? Should Sean, ah, I'm sorry my words, I haven't had a drink today, even though I've been tempted. Should he just stay in the wings, Sir John Kerwin, former Italian rugby coach? Oh, we don't have too many teams. I mean, if if we're going to be left out to dry somewhat by whatever Jacinta Ardern is doing with our country, then we need five teams. We need five teams. I don't like. I think. I think we have enough talent. We need more money. We need more fucking money so we can get keep them in Australia instead of them going to play in Romania to earn a better quid. So what you're saying is that rather than reducing the product, we should improve the product, improve the marketing, make it more of an event, make the players more famous, increase the sponsorship add value to the people that consume the product and then maybe that will solve some of the problems with our players leaving the country. That would solve that, an enormous amount of issues, yes. Is that what you're saying, Jed? That is what I'm saying. I couldn't agree more. We don't, we, need, we, don't need, we don't need less. We don't need less. No, I agree. I agree. We, we have talented players that are Australians. A lot of them are playing overseas because they get paid well over there. You pay them well here, I think a lot of people would stay. Yeah, I mean, if your option is like $250,000 in like Bondi, $250,000 in some bum fuck town in France, like they're going to take it in Bondi. But unfortunately, it's like, you know, a bag of, bag of chips in Coogee or, <laughs> or a million dollars. 
somewhere outside of Paris. They don't have a choice. Mate, I, I couldn't agree more. Okay, this is my final one for you. What is your Wallaby team after the first few rounds? I've only thought about the forward pack, but I can think about the back line on the run. Well, we're um, not pick, We're not. You know, we're not Wallaby selectors. So let's just fucking throw names well, out there. Not yet. Um, <laughs> Angus Bell, I'd have. He's played well. He's also had a good draw. I'd pick. Who was my hooker? I already picked him. Oh, I'd pick. I'd pick Lonergan. He's been. He was phenomenal last week. Um, but it's tough. It could be Fulau either. So, I'd, I'm taking a Brumbies hooker with second pick in the draft. It doesn't matter who. You know, oh, he's, I know he's not playing at the moment, but man, I reckon Alex Murphy's underrated. I've got a lot of time for that guy. Yeah. Anyway, this is your team. Keep going. <laughs> Shut up. Um, Taniela Tupo, huge surprise. Uh, Isaac Rodder, also a huge surprise. I don't think it's like unfair. It's not. I don't think it's biased because the commentators have been bloody giving him big raps as well. But Holloway, I think, has been very, very good. If it wasn't Holloway, then it would be probably Nick Frost on form, maybe. Yeah, I still, don't, I still, I think his core components will get better with age. Valentini's been phenomenal at six. Phenomenal. Eight would probably be Harry Wilson, but honourable mention to Nick Anstey. I mean, Tim Anstey. And then um, seven. I mean, Hooper doesn't even play and he's getting picked in my team. Well, he can fuck off. He can't be in that. He can't be in your team. I look, uh, I'll probably take Fraser McGrath, even though sometimes I play him on the bench. He's the most phenomenal on-baller I've ever seen. You know who I'm a big fan of? Jerome Brown from the Brumbies. Yeah, he's good as well, man. He's very that guy is the meathead. Yeah, he's good. He's he's a very um surprisingly very... big boy too in person. <laughs> but he's like a he's like a South African seven, New Zealand seven style dude. He whacks people, good ball carrier. He's been good as well. So put him in brackets. He could be in the side. All right, let's pick a back one. You're an expert on the back line play. I've played with some good backs. Never really thought much of them as people. Uh, Nick White, Pasatoa. Yeah, Pasatoa is good. He's been good. I think he's been one of the best on form. Otherwise, O'Connor's got the most tries, but I thought he went missing for a little bit. Um, I'm drawing blanks in the centers. All right, Lenny Kitao, 13. And Icky Tau's definitely the 13. You know what? It, you could make an argument that Simone's the 12 as well, you know, with all due respect. He's been playing good. I, I, would, I, reckon, I reckon if Bailey Kunzel was playing the last couple of weeks, he would have pushed yeah, himself he, in at 12 there. I don't disagree, but he, 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 yeah, he missed, He's missed a couple think, of games. I think probably I think they take the center pairings. Parisi's Paris, been having a crack. Oh, you got to pick him. <laughs> well, if I'm if I'm picking a Wallabies team, I'd pick him on the wing and I'd pick. Um, I pick Len Ikatao at 13. Um, fullback. Oh, fullback's a tough one. Could take the Queensland fella. But, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm Ruan Smith. Ruan Smith can play Ruan, fullback. Ruan plays again. Oh, look, the backs are a bit, of a, a bit of a jumble at the moment. I don't, I'm not sure he's been in hot form. Because I just turn, I just fast forward every time they get the ball. So, I don't know. 
Yeah, playing in the backs must be a fucking glorious life because they never look tired. Um, you know, they they all look very stress free all the time. I, I often wonder. You know what I'd like to do one day is instead of doing the forwards training, just go over and watch the backs and see what they actually do. Because every time you look over, they're like doing little passes or kicking, and geez, it looks fucking glorious. And yet, the other thing is they don't have to wear studs. I played oh. one game in my whole career. I was playing hooker. I think it was maybe in America. I don't know. And I didn't wear studs. And I was like, so this is what... I can move. This is what normal people feel like. I'm fucking so much faster. My feet don't hurt. It feels like I'm walking on clouds. Like, they don't know how good they fucking got it out there. It's ridiculous. Mate, there's an invention. Rugby scrum boots that don't feel like shit. Even the good ones, you feel like shit. Well, when I was... Uh, yeah, when I was younger, the, the, I think Japan released plastic studs. Plastic 18 mil and 21 mil. Not sure how I feel about that. They were so exactly the, exactly the same shape, build everything, except they were plastic. So notionally, it was a lighter boot, um, which it was. Well, uh, never stuck around, trust, so. I didn't trust them. I don't know what it was about them. I, I didn't trust Can't them. Plastic over steel. Twisted steel and sex appeal, you know. All right, let's talk about Colby, Colby, Colby Covington. I know you're a big fight fan. Drinking Jorge Masvidal. Did you watch a fight? I know you're a big Trump guy, so Covington's a big Trump guy as well. So it was good to see him fucking doing it for America, man. He's okay, I must admit, I was fucking bored today, so I watched a little bit of the State of the Union address. I watched it, I watched it all. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't even pretend like it's not a joke at this point. He said, he's like, fucking, he goes, our hopes and prayers with all the Uranians. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. He'll never, <laughs> he might not move out of Kiev, but he'll never steal the soul of the uh, Iranian people. <laughs> Uranian people, bro. People, people always bitching about our middle politicians. They're all in the middle, except for the <sighs> Greens. They're off their heads. But they like sit like this, like Liberal and Labour. Where America's at over here. All our politicians do the same stuff. And like people always always posting like ScoMo's so bad at this, so bad at that. Look, I'm not a huge fan, but like America, the, the leader of the free world has fucking Alzheimer's and can't say Ukrainian. So like he, he's just a walking highlight reel. He can't walk properly. He can't talk properly. He's probably going to lead us to like, we're all going to be speaking Russian and Chinese in three years because he can't roll out a proper military plan i stumble upon my words from time to time as as you frequently remind me but i'm also not president of the united states so not not yet i'm not fucking crazy enough anyway Um, i like watching some of the commentary so there's as you know you're a big uh tucker carlson guy i I actually (laughs) like watching i actually like watching him too but they've got these guys that make millions of dollars millions of dollars just talking about American politics and their thoughts on it. And I find it like I don't necessarily understand the all the goings on behind the scenes to really know who's right and who's wrong, but fuck it's entertaining. And that's very all fun. it's really that's all it's meant to be, isn't it? It's entertainment. It's very entertaining. And over here we've got Wiley Dali and the ABC bitching. That's all we got, man. No wonder I don't you wonder why I don't have TV, I just stream stuff. Should we you. start a political show? Should we start a political show where you just give your views? You know, a bit like Russell Brand, who just, you know, Russell Brand, you'd be Russell Brand going, you know, 
No, you don't have a big Russell Brand guy. But we just talk. We just talk about what's going on in the world. You know. That's what this show is. Reckon. We got a gambling show that Hugh Roach keeps asking us to start for some reason, even though rugby players can't gamble. Um, you know what, what else? Yeah, I'd, I'd love travel. The travel I'd show. I'd love to do that show. I don't, I'm not sure there's a I'm not sure there's a market for it, but I would love to do that show for gambling. No, not for gambling. The gambling one, the political one. I'm happy to do the gambling one, but <laughs> I can't gamble, so I'm purely right. hypothesizing. Um, well, remember your famous quote from last year. It's 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 not gambling when I win all the time. Yeah, it's it's not a gamble, is it? And if any of the federal police are watching, hello, and I hope you're having a wonderful afternoon. Um, yes, enjoy enjoy whatever it is you're doing. Anyway, there, what else have we got? Have we got anything there, other business? No. Was there any stupid things written on the Facebook thing? No, I think it's a shit time. Uh, everyone's probably pretending like they have work and shit. Oh, good. Let's just have a quick look. Nah, there's only a couple of people watching. Shout out to those people, big fans probably, of whoever they are. Probably saves us. Um, and stupid. Well, you know, these things go around the internet. People can go and watch it forever now, and it's just you know broadening the audience that Jed Gillespie gets to speak to, which is what I'm a big fan of. All right, closing remarks, inspirational messages, uh, favorite quotes of the week, favorite moments of the week. Anything to leave our audience in a really fucking good mood to go about their mundane lives for for the rest of this week. Um, I saw someone try to make Russia invading the Ukraine about climate change, <laughs> and said, "I wish Putin, I wish Putin had considered the climate," and that is why. Darwin's theory is spot on because those people are going to die out. Ben Darwin is a smart man. That's all I got. <laughs> ben Darwin, he's a smart man as well. But look, I know you're a big Putin guy as well. So he's obviously running into some issues uh, in the Ukraine. I just thoughts up, bless up to oh, bro, all the boxes over there whipping out. Um, That's a tough people, man. They are brutal people. I feel like I would have flourished in the Ukraine, not because I'm brutal, but I sort of look like I could be from Ukraine a little bit. So I actually always had a plan to move to Russia if things didn't go my way. So that plan's obviously been put on hold as the ruble goes below one cent. And the country- You know who you... now? Well, now's the time to buy Russian currency because I know you're a big currency trader guy as well as a you know Bitcoin guy. But um, you know who you actually remind me of? And someone, one of our many, many fans, uh, a Russian fan, said that you are the Australian Fedor. I'd love to be the Australian Fedor. The the Appearance-wise. Yeah, well, not really. Oh, yeah, we both got shit rigs. Yeah. <laughs> Very powerful. <laughs> um, okay, so inspirational messages that uh, the war in the Ukraine is about uh, climate change. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, well, probably, I think that's a, that's a good way to finish. Yeah, hundred percent. Next week it's going to be about gender, so um, it's a good way to finish. Um, are you? Are you guys got to try? Did you play a trial on the weekend? No, nah, we were meant to, but right, uh, yeah, we were meant to. But the old climate change situation, uh, you know, reared its ugly head. Yeah, we couldn't get on the grounds. We were Maybe meant to we're be in like, barrel. Yeah, we're both we're both scheduled for this weekend, so we're um, not playing this weekend. We got training this weekend. Okay, well, we're scheduled for this weekend. So, who, who are you playing? Gordon. Ooh, I think we're playing Gordon next week. So, yeah, we've got, we split our teams, uh, as I said last week. So, 
So are you, are you picking like an even sort of like a mixed team to play? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, don't want to show too much this time of year. Yeah, I look, I used to I used to fucking hate playing in this mixed trial, but I sort of see its value now. So we've put we put out effectively two evenish teams and they play the second grade game and then they play the first grade game. So it'll be interesting. Look, I have no fucking idea if it's gonna play get played. I can't remember a game. Like, no game ever has been rained out at Eastwood on the main field. It drains really well. Um, despite the hillbillies who are around the field, it drains. This is unusual. Well. This is unusual rain, though, to be fair. Yeah, well, look, we don't play trials down there. So we play trials up top. So I I don't know. Look, I haven't heard anything. So it's, you're not going to get, if any of the players are listening, you're not going to get early breaking news. I don't know. But if it rains like this and we're all going to bring a snorkel, then, yeah, it might not go ahead. I'm not sure. Full on Eastwood Army camp. Um, just all of a sudden, just have random people turn up and take them in a bus and just, you know, torture the James Whalens of this world. Shout out to Whalo. I hope your attempts at feeding the James Whalo school for kids that can't read good students is going well. Man, uh, it's just exciting that we got rugby again, Gillespie. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, man. I'm looking forward to shoot shield kicking off. I hope we get through a full season this year. Um, you know, it's been a fucking shit couple of years. Yeah, it's been really boring. So I I can't see any way we can't get through unless Putin launches a nuke at us. Other than the oh. future going ahead, don't give, going him, don't give him ideas. I know he's a very big fan of this show. <laughs> Strong air. Yeah, yeah so we, we're going ahead and. Uh, mate, it's gonna be, it's gonna be good, and there won't be any army camps. Or well, if there is an army camp, then I won't be there because I'm not made for the army. No, me neither. Army camps are for army people. Um, yeah. All right, let's finish on that, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for watching the show. Please like, subscribe, share, comment, tell a friend. Add us on Hinge, TikTok, Grinder, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, might even start a U-Porn account this week. Apparently, that's a good uh, revenue. OnlyFans. Let's start an OnlyFans. Only uh, that's a really good close-up. I'm really enjoying that. And um, buy caffeine we'll, gum. Buy caffeine buy. gum or fuck you. And also, we're, doing, we're designing some shirts at the moment. So we will pull our fingers out of our asses and get that to you people. And as always, please buy caffeine gum. Bye. See ya.